Flight Suit Friday listeners, what is going on? I'm glad you're here with us today, and uh, pretty rare. Uh, Sam Hafensteiner is not with us. He's too busy at AHAR, so we got uh, Nick. What's up, buddy? Hey, how are you? Good, man. How are you doing? Oh, I'm doing great. Um, been fairly busy. Just happy to be here. Uh, got an ice-cold beer. Just happy to be chatting with What'd you. What you got over there? Um, so this one, this is one of the local uh, local brews. It's pretty cool. You put it in the fridge, and the mountains turn blue. <laughs> so are, um, the, are the mountains blue? The mountains are blue. Awesome. Uh, locals call it uh, the bullet. <laughs> <laughs> I got the, uh, from from Hal, he was here at a Peak Horse, I think, and he dropped off the Lord Hobo Boom Sauce double IPA, which he was talking about on his uh, on his uh, episode when he was here. So I'm excited to get into this. 8% for those of you that are uh, listening. So that's, nice. that's my threshold is 8%. So nice. here we go, man. Cheers. Cheers. <laughs> All right. I don't think we've got a whole lot of news stuff going on for the fleet, uh, but there are some really good shout outs going on. So uh, first one we're going to talk about is from Air Station Detroit. Haven't heard from them in a while. And they had a pretty awesome case, it sounds like. I think they got like 14 people rescued from ice flows. Do you even know what an ice flow is? I couldn't describe it. Okay. I had to I had to look it up, but... Uh, I still don't know what it is, but it sounds like they had an awesome case uh, report of a bunch of people in the water, people stuck on ice flows. They ended up uh, deploying the mass casualty raft, which I don't know how many times that's done, but probably not very often in people's careers. And then they also uh, deployed a swimmer down to the ice, which I know nothing about. That's like part of those EPs in the red bucket. You just skip over those because you're like, yeah, I'm not, I'm never going to do that ever. But yeah, for sure. And that's uh, assuming that your air station has an operational mass casualty raft as well. Right. <laughs> yeah. um, those are hard to come by. So, um, yeah, that's awesome yep. Good for and them. Yeah. So the crew was uh, Lieutenant Jess Richardson. Co-pilot was uh, Commander Scarlata, AMT3 Keegan Pewterbaugh. Man, if I screwed up your name, please uh, let me know. We'll send you some beer. And then the rescue swimmer was uh, AST1 Evan. So kudos to you guys. Sounds like an awesome case. Uh, sounds like a lot of entities involved, both uh, small boat stations and then also uh, 60 from Traverse may have uh, come and helped out as well. So That's pretty cool. Yeah, I've heard of those cases before where basically the ice breaks off. You get a, a whole crew of fishermen on there. And without even realizing it for maybe a couple hours, they've been drifting off into the middle of the Great Lakes yeah. and they're just like, oh boy, uh, yeah, we need some help here. So <laughs> that's pretty cool. Nice. I've got a great uh, shout out here for Air Station San Francisco. Great case back on uh, the 22nd of January. This was their fourth SAR case of the duty period, which was super cool. Um, so they were diverted for a surfer in distress and um, they got on scene, uh, yaw channels acting up. So basically they disengaged it. Um, below a 90 foot cliff, uh, there's a surfer in distress up on the rocks, 10 foot breaking surf. And there's two fire rescue swimmers that were basically struggling to get to this surfer to help out a uh, whole scene up top, you know, with like local uh, assets as well. So a 65 arrives on scene, um, does a sad poo recovery of the surfer, uh, brings them back up, relocates them on top of the cliff and then realizes that, Hey, the two Fire rescue swimmers are also struggling at this point, having a hard time. Uh, so they do two more mad poo, basically like a, a sling lift, and, and they drop them uh, back down on the surface as well. So they had a 130-foot hover uh, on Balt, uh, winds 25 knots, gusts into 40, and uh, overall pretty cool case. Uh, basically, they're saying because the yaw channel was acting up, probably about 30-degree heading swings on that case. 
Yeah, that's that is awesome. Who's the crew on that one? Yep. So our crew it? here was Lieutenant Commander Joseph Messina, uh, Lieutenant Quinn Hathcock, AMT one Nicholas Leia, and AST two Noah Colburn. So great job to you guys. Yeah, I heard uh, Quinn was not a uh, vert service qualified, so they had to do a little quick pep talk on hey, what to expect, where what will your references be, and stuff like that. So great job to them. Uh, I know being out in San Fran, there's a lot of those cases where you're like, man, is that vert service? Like someone clean on the cliff, you know, uh, it makes me kind of miss our little bit, to be honest. Yeah, I bet. I mean, you were out there before, so you've, was, you've had yeah. some good, probably vert surface experiences. Yeah. Um, I'm coming from the South, so no surfaces. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, that's awesome. Well, yeah. we got a cool show today. Um, yeah, after finding out that we had quite a few listeners uh, from flight school, both instructors and uh, students that were out there, we thought it'd be a awesome episode to just talk about flight school. So that's exactly um, what we're going to do today. And I think there's no better way than to kick it off with some from snails. What are, what is snails, guys? It's a student naval aviators interns learning stuff. I St- guess is it stuff or shit? I've heard it's shit. Probably on the, on the patch it says stuff stuff, but, but we I all think know it's in reality. Okay, yeah. Oh, yeah. awesome, cool. So that hey Ryan, welcome to Flight Suit Friday, man. I'm glad you're here. Who, who are you? Give us a quick little background and where you are in flight school. Yeah, so graduated uh, from the Coast Guard Academy this last May, uh, Ryan Barlow, and uh, now I'm just down here finished knife and just waiting for primary. Um, so we're here in Mobile, just getting an opportunity to get exposed to some of the different airframes you got here. Yeah. Uh, we were just talking and it sounds like you've enjoyed Flight Through Friday. I had no idea that there was people in flight school listening. Like, what is it that you guys like about it? Do you guys have a favorite episode or what? I love the Niagara Falls case okay. because I'm from Southwest Michigan. So right there near Detroit. So getting to hear that they were involved in that case. And then obviously your shout out today. Yeah. Um, but honestly, just getting to hear like what I can look forward to in my career as hopefully wanting to fly helicopters um, that's really inspired me that way. Do you have a interest to go back up to Detroit if it was offered to you? Uh, Detroit, Traverse City, one okay. of the two, um, probably leaning towards sixties, but I don't really have too much of a preference. So I could definitely see myself going up there. Okay. Awesome, man. Yeah. Thanks. Connor. What about you, buddy? Hey, thanks, sir. Uh, Connor Glenn also released for good behavior from the Academy in May. <laughs> okay. Got to report direct to the flight school, which yep. was uh, kind of like winning the lottery there. Um, so yeah, I finished knife at the end of December, checked into primary. I'm just waiting to, uh, start now. Um, captain drew Banky actually got me on the podcast while I was still at the Academy. Cause I think he was one of your first episodes. I think it was the okay. mom, mom and dad episode yeah. we did with you guys. Yeah. And then, um, commander Ryan Angelo was also there and he, he, I, he wanted to know when he gets to come on the podcast. So I think okay. might have to get him on there. Yeah, next. Maybe I'll text him right now. Yeah. Him. Yeah. Go ahead. We'll, we'll he's, been, he's been dying yeah. down okay. there over the APAC to get on the show at some yeah. point and figure out what they do. Um, but no, I think, I think my favorite episode that I got to listen to was the, uh, the first star case, because I think that that's one of those things that's like, oh, I'm in flight school and I got, I got picked up for flight school. Like that's kind of the, the goal is like, just get to that point. So just keep yeah. that in mind and just kind of learning, uh, just whatever goes through everybody's minds when you're, when you're in the plane. So, yeah, I think it, one of my favorite flights here at ATC is, um, the like hoisting fan flight where, I mean, it's, it's crazy how some people are, are here. And from the age of seven, they're like, I knew I wanted to be a coast guard helicopter pilot. And you finally get behind the boat and there's sea spray coming up through the sliding door and there's the boat and you're about to send down a swimmer or a basket. 
and I always take my phone out and like, Hey, and they turn around to get that quick picture, you know, uh, to put up on the fridge. But yeah, that that's my favorite flight. Where, where do you think, uh, where would you go in case OPM is listening right now? Uh, if, if OPM or Captain Light is listening, um, <laughs> yeah. I would like to go helos. Not really a preference there. I, I keep hearing that okay. if I go 65s, I'll probably go 60s at some point in my career. Maybe. Um, yeah. So, I, I mean, would say there's probably still some that will come in and be a career 65 pilot, which is weird to think about because you guys probably hear like, oh, it's going to be 60s, 60s, 60s. Like 65 is going to be around for a little while. So. Yeah, I don't know if uh, if I if I had my way with each, I think sixty fives out of Houston. I, I grew up in the Houston area, okay. so I would uh, would like to have a full little full circle moment with that. If not, it'd be pretty cool to like uh, stand up Ventura in twenty four because it's right around the time that knock on wood graduate in flight school. Hopefully, yeah. so yeah. What does knife stand for again? Oh, that's Naval Introductory Flight Evaluation. So that's kind of they combined okay. API and IFS, you be right, shortened a little bit of both. Everyone's listening. <laughs> Basically, just testing whether you get air sick uh, as far as the flight phase part. Okay. And then just a more accelerated ground school academics phase before flying instead of afterwards, when, uh, like with IFS and API. Yeah. Let's- so you guys do the academic portion first and then do what was traditionally IFS? Correct. So flying the Cessnas? Yeah. Okay. So we went through three weeks of academics with the, the normal five courses. So you're... Um, aerodynamics, engines, nav, weather, and what one am I missing? Flight rules and regulations. Flight rules and regulations. FRR. Then you go through your uh, flight suit week and then get to the actual SESTA. And you don't even solo anymore. Only get about 10, oh, 12 wow. hours flying. Yeah, okay. it's seven total flights, I believe. So it's four 4,100 block flights, four, two 4,200 block flights, and then your check ride with an MFI, and then handshake and see up at Northfield. That's great. Now, where are you guys flying out of in the Cessna? I flew out of uh, Jack Edwards and Gulf Shores. Okay. I also flew out of Jack Edwards, but people do fly out of Pensacola. So, okay. So it's between Jack Edwards and Pensacola now. Awesome. Yeah. That's kind of just based off where you live. They, they send you to like whichever one you're closest. Okay. That makes sense. I remember I did mine. I don't know if you had the, did you have an IFS experience? Kenny? Yeah. We were, I was at, at Pensacola. Pensacola. Yeah. Okay. I did mine over at um, Peter Prince, tiny okay. little airport. It was awesome. Do you guys have any, uh, enough flight time to scare the crap out of yourself or really your instructor probably? Definitely my first landing. I was a little, <laughs> uh, coming in pretty hot and okay. we had high winds that first day too. So we were going all over the place and ended up waving off on the first one. Cause it was just so much crosswind yeah. and I was like, okay, uh, <laughs> is this really for me? And then come in on the second one and we ended yeah. up getting it, but Nice. Definitely a little scary first landing. Yeah, ground effect was something that I had never really experienced or even really thought what it would feel like, and that was a bit of a bit of a surprise the first couple times. Couple times coming in, I was like, "Oh, I am I'm not going down anymore." Floating down, not the going Did down either of you guys get a good little porpoise down the runway? <laughs> I've seen that a couple times. I didn't, but one of my partners did, and it's I think even scarier in the back seat when you're grabbing <laughs> onto the seats in front. Oh, of you, you got to like, sit in the back. Oh man, that's so, awesome. That's At 6'4", like it's not exactly the most comfortable <laughs> sitting in the back about 172. Oh, man. Did you have any uh, good stories? Um, nothing too crazy. Fairly no? benign. Okay. Yeah. Um, yeah, thankfully. I always like making fun of George Matthews because uh, I felt like he always had some. He was not the best fixed wing pilot. He was pretty good at some rotary stuff, but... Yeah, he did his solo out of Pensacola. He flew to somewhere out to the west, comes back, and, you know, he checks in with, like, approach, and, like, okay, like, yep, I'm landing at International, like, okay. And they see him, like, tracking in the wrong direction. Like, hey, man, just confirming you're going there. You, do you need any help? He's like, negative. 
And they're like watching him like a couple minutes later, like, Hey man, uh, would you like a vector? Like, yeah, please. I'll, I'll take a vector. <laughs> and then he got lost and he missed the runway again. And poor guy. Yeah. yeah I think, um, one of my experiences was, and this was before the solo, my instructor's like, Hey, if all else fails, twist in this, um, dial in this course and just track back to Pensacola and you'll <laughs> find your way home. That was a, I had a fly up North to, um, Oh man, I'm forgetting the, uh, it was uh, Monroeville County, Monroe County okay. uh, airport, real small. But you know, he was like, yeah, just twist in the course, uh, dial up the VOR and, and track on back to Pensacola. You'll, you'll find your way back home. I was like, all right, cool. I'm confident now. <laughs> yeah. Also on that flight with George, he was crosswind. Of course, you know, that wasn't there when he took off. He's like, yeah, basically just put it over the numbers brought it back to idle, just closed my eyes and just hoped that we landed. And I think he took out a taxiway light and the, the instructors were so nervous. They all met him out and are like, Hey, are you okay? And he's like, yeah, but you might want to check the nose wheel. Cause <laughs> we definitely hit pretty hard, but yeah. Um, well, cool. Thank you guys so much for, um, coming in and, and joining us. Thank you for, uh, following flight suit Friday. We're always humbled that people actually listen to us. So thanks. Appreciate Absolutely. it. Yeah, thank you for having us. Yeah. That was great chatting with those gentlemen about flight school right now. Yeah. Uh, one of the things that I took away was I didn't really realize that they changed API to knife and how that change was about. But, uh, you know, who knows, maybe it was a funding thing yeah. or something like that. I was just trying to think if I could trade places with them right now, would I do it? hundred percent. A hundred percent. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Chit chatting about maybe a little pause in training from time to time and, oh. uh, you know, hitting up tiger point golf course and, <laughs> yeah. uh, was it lost keys? I yeah. Haven't heard was that the, one. We used to hang out at pagodas a lot. It was like the place in Navarre. Um, uh, and they just had like a bunch of sand volleyball. I remember that place. Do you? Yeah. That was still going. Yep. That was yep. like a, and it was amazing. We were laughing about how like, dude, flight school was college with money. And I remember being able to send out a text on a Tuesday morning. Hey, everyone, we're playing volleyball at 11. And it would be like 10. We're giving someone an hour's notice. You have seven responses immediately. Immediately. And <laughs> 19 people would show up. And now, yeah. like, dude, if you want to have, like, a double date with someone, you got to plan it, like, three and a half months in advance, you know? A hundred percent. I need to line up a babysitter. <laughs> yeah. um, it's hard enough to try to coordinate a simple racquetball game right now, right? Yeah. You know? Yeah. <laughs> um, but uh, cheers to those guys. They're, yeah. they're crushing it. Life has got to be good. A little bit of freedom before they get back into the mix and start standing duty and, uh, and, yeah. and really kind of flying their faces off. Yeah. Um, one thing I'll do a shout out here for is our uh, new Instagram page for Flight Suit Friday. Um, all lowercase, uh, no spaces, simply Flight Suit Friday. Um, big shout out to uh, Ryan for uh, helping set that up. Yeah, I'll be honest. Uh, he's like, cool, we got an Instagram account. And I spent 35 minutes trying to find it and I couldn't do it. He had to send me an invitation, but I'm now following it. Now you're an Instagrammer. Have uh, you always been an Instagrammer? Uh, no. Okay. So brand new to Instagram. Yeah. Okay. I think I may have made an account and then never actually used it. And that'll probably still be the case, but at least now I can say that I'm following flight suit Friday. Yeah. I was, I was uh, texting with him last night and I was like, so do we need to start doing podcast videos? You know, little, little clips of podcasts to put on the Instagram because, um, from what I've seen, that's what folks do, right. Who, yeah. who have, uh, podcast, uh, Instagram pages, but yeah, so, uh, we'll see how the, the page turns out. I'm sure it's going to be great. And, um, I know Ryan's working on some new logo designs, right. And I know that you're a part of that. Yeah. A little bit. Okay. Yeah. yeah. 
Um, I'm not the most artistic person, but I wouldn't know what to do yeah. as far as designing logos and making it look cool. Like how, do, I don't know. Yeah. Me uh, neither. Picture art. Is that a thing? Vector art, I think is a real thing. Okay, cool. Yeah. I don't know what I'm talking about. Yeah. Well, uh, yeah. So today we're going to talk with John Hofius and Matt Kolb. They are instructors over at Pensacola. Uh, one's a fixed wing side, one's rotary wing side, and we'll just kind of get a, a feel for what it's like to be an instructor over in Pensacola right now. Awesome. Cool. Let's get into it. Welcome, gentlemen. Hey, guys. Uh, got uh, John Hofius on the line and Matt Kolb from Pensacola, Florida. A couple of Coast Guard flight instructors. Uh, how you guys doing today? Doing great. Happy to be here. Awesome. Super pumped. Super pumped to be here. Well, welcome to Flight Suit Friday. Thanks. Hey, Hofius, it's Kenny. What's up, man? What's up, Kenny? Long time no talk. I, I was trying to remember. When's the last time uh, we hung out? I don't remember. Flight school? Probably flight school. Well, then that, that'll be fitting. We'll talk about all of our flight school stories. Hey, were you the one that um, punched the hole in the wall when you found out you were going fixed wing? No, no, no. Uh, I won't give names. It was a roommate of mine, but uh, I, was okay. one of the, I was one of the four people who actually wanted fixed wing during that era. Okay, that's right. Okay. I was close, though, with the roommate. Okay. Cool. We won't mention that oh. again then. <laughs> Sounds like that's still a sore subject. Um, <laughs> no, you know, it's funny about that whole era and, and being part of Pettis Picks was that if you talk to any of my classmates that are flying fixing now that dreamt they would be helo rescue, you know, heroes, uh, they're very happy with the career path they ended up in. So, you know, lessons lessons learned early in the career and, and get to see it every every now and then with students, you know, live at flight school now yeah how many are going rotary wing and how many are going fix and how are they doing that i remember when we went through it was like this weird uh mystery lottery oh man you asked the right guy for that so uh we have a contract with the navy that we wing 45 helo and 25 fixed wing every fiscal year uh so 70 total and it, it's really set up for uh for being able to start about two to three uh, fixed wingers a month and about four kilo every month, but it doesn't always work out that way just with timing. So the way that you guys remember it was uh, they would do quarterly. And the whole idea of a quarterly selection was that it gave everybody who was going to have to move to Corpus plenty of time to set up the move and make sure they had a place to live and do all that. But what we found is, is primary and uh, is taking a really, really long time. And so during about the last year and a half, uh, I wrote a paper and pushed it up through the uh, the Sea Globe, and we created a just-in-time selection process. So we actually mirror the Navy and Marine Corps now, where uh, once you get done with primary, your information gets sent up. We look at the selection uh, you know request and match it up to where we are in, in filling the pipeline. And if we can, most people get what they want. Um, and if we can't, you know, it's, it's a it's, it's the other flavor of ice cream, as they say. You know, you're still flying, but uh, but you might have to do it to the needs of the service. Um, and, and, you know, what I found is through this new selection process, we are able to get more people what they want than previously uh, in, the, in the quarterly selections. And it seems to be going really well. Okay, nice. Yeah, I'm, I remember there being a lot of tears when, when you and I were going through 
both like, you know, rotor wing, fixed wing, and then even like air stay selection, the way they did it, it just seemed like there was a little too much uh, smoke and mirrors. But, uh, dude, I think we jumped right into business. Uh, forgive me for that. Uh, I'm drinking a, a Lord Hobo Boom Sauce, uh, 8% double IPA. Uh, Nick over here. Um, Einstock Icelandic White Ale. Have you ever had? I've never had them. No. Delicious. <laughs> Where do you guys, are you guys drinking anything? Over here, uh, John technically showed up about five minutes late, so I got the first <laughs> round. Uh, but I've got a from Coastal County, uh, Fred Dredd, and he's drinking a Coastal Cream Ale. Oh, okay. nice. Nice. Standard for the fixed wing guy to be like five or six minutes late. No big deal. <laughs> As we say in flight school, the brief starts when the IP shows up. <laughs> <laughs> where, nice. where are you guys at right now? Are you sitting in the wardroom somewhere? So we're at Coastal County Brewery. Oh, um, nice. Yeah, it's over on Olive Road, just north of I-10. It, this place is really great. Uh, Matt, one of your like favorites? Yeah, I walked here. Oh, yeah. So I was very self-centered in that. So I guess I owed you the first round. But uh, yeah, it's walking distance to my house. So That's it awesome. Great- There's been a whole lot of breweries that have popped up, at least since, you know, when we went through flight school. There was nothing there. That is accurate. There are many breweries. Yeah, what's the one downtown that's uh, pretty good, well-traveled? Um, try to remember. Perfect Plane? Perfect Plane. Yep. Perfect Plane. Yep. Um, you know, the founder of Perfect Plane is now the mayor of Pensacola. Oh, I did not so know, know he, that. Uh, he established a, a couple of really awesome businesses there and uh, has done really great things. But uh, no, there's there's at least like nine or ten breweries in the yeah. Pensacola area, yeah. including Milton. They've, uh, they finally broke the dry city limits. Oh, wow. Nice. You good, no longer have to them. drive across the, the 90 bridge to go to Jugs to get your <laughs> beer on a Sunday. Oh, man. <laughs> don't recommend it. No, do, do not <laughs> recommend. Cool. Hey, why don't you guys just give us a quick uh, recap of who you are, where you're from, like what you've done in the Coast Guard, and where you are now. Uh, so I'll go first. I started out, obviously, went to Coast Guard Academy, then uh, straight to flight school. I was one of those left few. Uh, then from there, I went to Atlantic City for four years, uh, which is a great spot for a first tour, I think. Because uh, I only had to do the AI stuff right at the end. And only because they found out I was going to Savannah. So I went to Savannah for four years after that. And then I got here this past summer. So, Did you want Pensacola? Oh, yeah. 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 I okay. basically wanted to keep going. Okay. Um, awesome. So third starts to get kind of sketchy whether or not they'll let you fly. It seems like it's more probable these days. But, uh, yeah, Pensacola was two or three on my list. So. Okay. That's great. Matt, are you flying the uh, 57 or the newer helicopter now? So right now I'm flying the 57. Um, I'm the last person that was assigned to HT8 to actually become an instructor in the 57. Mm -hmm. And as of right now, allegedly I'm going to be swapping over in April because they're uh, they're really pushing this whole transition, which is good. I mean, it's good aircraft they're switching to, but um, maybe a little faster than we would like. Yeah. I'm sure we're probably going to chat about it a little bit more, but uh, is the uh, 57 probably preferred amongst IPs to train on over the new helicopter? No, I don't think so. Okay. I, all the IPs that uh, are in the new helicopter are just blown away by how awesome it is, to be perfectly honest. And coming from a community and a culture that loves to complain all the time, <laughs> I'm as guilty as anyone. But uh yeah, whenever I ask them, like, guys, oh, so what's wrong with it? They're like, no, it's actually pretty awesome. 
That's so great. I'm like, that, do that. So I'm excited. I'm excited to try it out. Now, do you, uh, what's the opposite of a plank owner? Is there like, you see the last aircraft through the pipeline and you're one of the last standing instructors. Do you get anything from that? That is a thing. And like I said, I went straight to flight school, so I don't know any of that. Okay. Salty. <laughs> salty. But, uh, that is pretty salty. Old. That's awesome. Um, yeah, I, I know that that is a thing and I'm sure that's on some salty dog wall someplace, but I don't know what it is. Cool. Hofius, dude, I can't believe you're, they're still letting you fly, man. Oh, my who, who have you tricked to let you keep staying? You know, my story is uh, kind of an odd one, right? So, as you guys know, well, maybe not everybody knows. I, uh, I came straight from the academy to flight school as well. One of the blessed 19 of the class of 07. And uh, selected fixed wing and wanted fixed wing. Winged in 09. Went to Miami Falcons for two years. Casas for um, two years. Aircraft commander down there. Um, got sent to Mobile Operations Department and uh, flew four years there. Um, and at that point, I kind of had already made up my mind that uh, I was going to get out at my commitment. And so I uh, I started to lobby for my last job in the Coast Guard, what I thought it was going to be my last job in the Coast Guard, and uh, worked with the Seagull at the time, John Turner, Captain Turner, and uh, really fought to get this job over here in Pensacola. Got over here and you know, I, I found my stride with the, you know, being an instructor, mentoring, uh, being upside down a lot. It's been <laughs> a really fun ride here. Uh, flew with BT6, did three years, had a finny flight, got some uh, nasal surgery, and um, and it was it was uh, exciting times. I got hired by a bunch of airlines, and then guess what happened? 2020, COVID, like things went nuts. So, so I'm not sure if you guys remember. Do you, you guys remember the message for the campaign to retain? No. So Campaign no. to Retain was a, a, a program that they put out for anybody who has recently resigned or on terminal leave or recently retired could come back in and cancel their resignation with no questions asked. Uh, they just had to obligate two years. So the airline I started at was like, yeah, please go. Go take my leave. You're going to help us out, you know. And uh, the detailer gave me three more years at flight school and we're coming up at the end of the set of orders. I'm currently the... Uh, the standardization officer for all of Navy, well, all of joint primary flight training at Whiting. And, uh, it, it's a lot more responsibility than I ever thought I would have at flight school. <laughs> you. Uh, it's, it, it, for example, today I spent the entire day doing the flight instructor training course, which is their version of MOI. It's a three day course. And I spent the entire day facilitating day three, uh, with a group of 10 brand new instructors from the Navy and Marine Corps. So it's, uh, it's been great. Looking forward to finding out what's next, whether we're, you know, I really have no idea what's going to happen next. So just, just kind of holding on to my hat. So did you put in a dream sheet? Are of you, course. Are, okay. Well, I wasn't so, sure so, if you're like bailing to go back. Like, hey, I did my two-year commitment. Airlines are starting to go again and you can go back in your same seniority. Or if you were like, no, Coast Guard thing's not too bad after all. Well, I'll tell you the Coast Guard is has been really good to me. I'm very grateful for the organization for one, they reached out to me and told me about this campaign to retain out of the blue, a call from OPM uh, telling me about it. And, uh, and so because they reached out and I was able to keep flying, like eternally grateful. Um, so in the end of 2020, the airline uh, came to an agreement with the union that ended up giving us, a total of eight years of military leave, as long as we were on military leave 
by April 30th of 2021. And so essentially I'm going to finish out to my 20 and then I'll go back at year eight seniority with the airline. Oh man, that is sweet. It's a, it's a great deal. Yeah. So what are you, what are you hoping for? OPM always listens to the podcast, by the way. Oh yeah. You know what? I, I, I think that I crafted a really solid uh, e-resume, right? We don't call them dream sheets. Anyway. E-resume. Okay, okay. Thank you. <laughs> I, I, I got a feeling that I have been cast. So just kind of waiting, you know? So for, for folks who are um, maybe getting cut orders to Pensacola pretty soon here in the next week or two, perhaps, um, what's that transition look like? And um, is it a strange adjustment adjusting from Coast Guard life and an operational unit or something like that to, hey, now I'm working for basically the Department of Defense and uh, you've got, uh, you know, maybe a Marine uh, boss or a Navy boss. Um, what's that like? And uh, is it a good adjustment? Uh, do you guys have any regrets? Um, the most interesting thing, I don't know if you remember from going through flight school, you guys, but like it's kind of easy to get lost in the shuffle. Um in the giant Navy world as opposed to the Coast Guard world where everyone knows your middle name, basically. For sure. Yeah. So you kind of show up, you know, you check in to your squadron and then they say, hey, all right, try to get up on all these Navy, you know, all the Navy systems, get your Navy dot mill back, all that good stuff. You know, and then you walk around kind of like a dum-dum, the squadron for a while, just holding a checklist of things you have to do. And then uh, eventually they say, all right, well, you did enough stuff around here, go over to the hit you. Or obviously fit you for fixing. And then uh, then they say, all right, well, they, for us, they'll try to figure out, like, oh, which helicopter are you going to fly? That was kind of a back and forth for me. Uh, they decided on 57. And then basically uh, you're in the heat you for a while. And as long as you are okay, going back to the kind of the student mentality a little bit, it's not full-blown flight school again because, you know, like, people aren't, you know, that strict, I guess I would say. Yeah, you're but, not getting uh, pink sheets probably anymore, right? Yeah, <laughs> well, I mean, if you study. I recommend that you study, or you're going to have some awkward briefs. <laughs> but yeah, so it's you know it's kind of a gentleman's flight school a little bit more. But the quality of life during that time, so it takes I don't know, let's call it 15 to 17 weeks to get to the hit you. That quality of life is unbeatable. You know, you come from like I was you know, the fact and department head in Savannah. And then I come here and they're like, all right, if you could show up for one, one and a half hour flight a day, we would be eternally grateful. Uh, well, I can do that. So, uh, yeah. And then have, you know, sometimes it gets canceled and you just kind of go home because there's not really anything else for you to do besides just, you know, study and go through the hit you. So you're only doing but, one flight a day. Cause I feel like, um, not two years ago, uh, people were like, oh yeah, you're doing two, if not three, looking at 10 to 11 hour days. That was not, well, you know, you're thinking, yeah, that's once you're at the squadron. I'll get you there. Okay. But uh, okay. For, you, for that, uh, beautiful 15 to 17 weeks ish. Uh, yeah, it's not like that. It's one flight a day, you know, then you go home, study and hang out and then come back and see if your schedule for the next day. And you know, you get holidays off. You're not playing star duty. Like, all that stuff. It's like all of a sudden I have weekends and I can just rely on them. That's it's great. Pretty sweet. Yeah. How was it going from a complex helicopter down to something that has, you know, nothing yeah, like but that. bare bones. Yeah. I like to call it a dirt bike. It's like a dirt bike. A dirt bike. <laughs> it's cool. I, li- I like it. Honestly, <laughs> it really like, it's because you know, you open the cowling, 
and I hope any none of my former Coast DIPs yell at me for this, but you open the cowling of a 65 or a 60, and there's just a lot going on. Yeah. Like, you look at the stuff, it's like, if you really tried, maybe you could point at most of the stuff and tell you what it is, but, like, I opened the engine compartment of a 57, and I know exactly what every single thing is in there very quickly because there's just not a lot going on. Yeah, um, and you know the amount of torque stripes and safety <laughs> wires and all that as well, right? I'm going to say that I do. Yeah, of course. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to say that I do. I'm not going to say that I mostly am just looking for squirting oil. <laughs> when I, when I um, but yeah, so, and then after they hit you, basically, you just, you know, you check back in the squadron and then you fly with the CO. Um, kind of like a check-in flight, which is super low stress, or at least it was for my check-in, HT8. But, uh, and then, yeah, from there, you just go and, start flying with students do a lot of bis and fams and i just did some turf flights yesterday so cool and then when you start flying with students are you looking at you're certainly looking at more than one sortie per day right yeah so you get at least two a day at least two Um, okay and i get like it's not like i checked in got the 04 treatment so i don't have to do they have the death duty the fdo they're not making me do that and then um if i for flying on the weekends and doing triples, they basically, like, that's a volunteer basis for me, if that makes sense. Okay. Uh, do If you're at old state, then they're just going to throw you on and let you know. But yeah. I got, I got, that sense, so. do Coasty instructors have to have a collateral duty at their training wing? Yes. But I'm going to put an asterisk on that because if there's not enough jobs, those are the people who aren't going to have a job. Uh, I was just told, uh, actually, like a week ago, that uh, I'm going to be the senior co C for HD8. Yeah, buddy. So that's fun. Nice. Which is funny because I'm actually the most junior co C instructor at HD8. <laughs> well, it's that's how you got great. it. <laughs> Amazing. <laughs> <laughs> it's, uh, Jim's retiring. Yeah, he's retiring uh, next month. Mm-hmm. Yep. So he's getting out of here. So I'll do that. And then, uh, <clears throat> but yeah, uh, Frank Chesky and uh, Josh Scritchfield. God bless them. Will send me their OERs, and they both made already made jokes about that. So. <laughs> That's awesome. But yeah, oh. it's a uh, senior coastie is a good job. Obviously, you get to hang out with the coasties and like you know give them advice. I guess so. Beware, all of your now rotary rotary wing aviators are getting advice from me that are coming from HTA. So. <laughs> Cool. What's the what's the wardroom vibe, if any? Like, do you guys mingle with other instructors, or you kind of just show up, do your two flights, and and head home? So I I like to mingle. I go, I, you know, I try to make friends and stuff. That's always fun because it's kind of miserable. Because otherwise, the only people you talk to at work are students, and they're already afraid of you. So they're in a different place in life. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. They're not like they don't really want to shoot the shit with me. They want to. Oh, there it is. Um, uh, <laughs> they don't, don't want to, yeah, they, they're not here to hang out with me. They're here to, like, you know, tell me what a sprag clutch is and then move on with their lives kind of thing. So, uh, which is fine. Um, but, yeah, so if you want to make friends, it's, yeah, just kind of walk in the FDO office and hang out and see what the deal is kind of thing. Yeah, how, how close do you live to Sam Happenstein? Do you guys hang out? Um. I have hung out with Sam, but he <laughs> is very selective with who he hangs out with, apparently. Oh, that and, dude is uh, so busy. I don't understand 
His social yeah. calendar is just booked for months. But well, I asked him the other day too, like, why does he pay his mortgage or pay rent? Like, he should start li- living that van life now <laughs> because he's never home. I know, poor guy. He sent me a text recently, and it was, "Hey, man, we really should hang out more. Can you do a podcast?" <laughs> <laughs> and he's not uh, even here, poor guy. Yeah. Oh man, Hofius, what about you, man? You you've done five years in Pensacola. That- yeah, I'm at five and a half, almost six. So when I showed up here, you know, I was an O3 selected for O4. And, and the, the first piece that I learned is that DOD takes JOPA very seriously. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, you know, it, it was a lot of fun being a part of that for a year before pending on. Um, but, you know, like Matt said, you show up and it is all scripted. They've got everything ready for you to go. The advice I would give to anybody who's coming here, like the first thing I would do is contact tech. You can contact either of us because you yeah. gotta, you gotta get into a swim qual in order to start anything. And oh, all okay. the, all the pools are down and some are coming back up in different dates. <laughs> and it is, it is just a mess. But, um, yeah, I showed up in, uh, June, June. Yeah. June of, uh, 2017. I uh, was able to get a swim call within about a month. Um, checked into the squadron, no problem. Started the uh, FITU. And, you know, it, it's going through ground school students. It's going through a whole master curriculum guide syllabus that's designed directly for you. Uh, it is very gentlemanly, but uh, we have bailed people out of the FITU before. You know, we send them to Southfield. <laughs> <laughs> And, <laughs> Are those the folks that end up teaching the knife? <laughs> no, we we uh, <laughs> those poor guys. They uh, they all just want to fly a DT ten. Those guys, but you know you can't you can't win them all. We'll talk about knife in a minute. I I got some opinions about that. <laughs> <laughs> but the picture was great. Um, took a while. My appendix decided to rupture in the middle of it. You know, um, it was. It was a real exciting time and then got started flying with students and, you know, it was, it was the fastest three year billet I ever could have imagined. You're just flying two X's a day, you know, each X, each event is designed to be four hours for the uh, fixed wing side. It's a 45 minute brief followed by a flight, followed by a 20 minute debrief, followed by another brief flight and debrief. And so you're, you're doing at least eight hours of work plus paperwork plus collateral uh so yeah those those rumors of these days being 10 to 12 hours is is an easy absolutely yeah i think i've actually and don't don't tell the coast guard this but i i believe i've actually worked harder for the dod than i ever did for the coast guard yeah i mean um, it it sounds like you enjoy it i mean that was the vibe i got from the people that i talked to are like dude you work a lot but like man i love it like i'd much rather be doing that than you know, like you're talking about like, oh, facilities engineering, like figure out how to get money for this roof in 2029. You're like, uh, okay. You know, the thing about flight school is that the focus is on being a pilot. Yeah. And the focus is on being an aviator. As a primary instructor, you're trying to make them brilliant at the basics. And just watching this this blob of clay show up and by the time they leave <laughs> primary, it looks somewhat like a pilot. You know, you can see an ear, maybe a nose. You know, they're heading off to advance to get their yeah. continued form. And like, it's, it's super rewarding. And I was senior closing now collateral wise. I struck gold because, 
because I had made my intentions known and the commands here will completely support whatever decision you make. Hey, if you show up and you're like, I want to be a hard charger, I want to promote new organization, I need competitive jobs, they're going to give them to you and they're going to write really, really well. And, uh, you know, as long as you, you can write an OER and get a little bit of help from our front office, you know, you, you can still be successful leaving here. Uh, but if you show your cards and like, bro, I'm, I'm done. I'm getting out. I'm going to try for the reserves. If they don't want me, I've got their national guard things going on and whatever. Like, uh, they'll let you also coast, but they just want what is called a, a FTE 1.0 full time equivalent of one instructor. What does that mean? That means they want on the fixed wing side, two events a day, five days a week. That's 10 X's a week and they don't care how you get them. Okay. So it's, it's a, it's a good deal. It's all about production. That's all they care about. I was senior coastie for four, four and a half years <laughs> before I got pulled to the wing. Um, and it was, it was a fantastic magical experience and, and, you know, showing any interest in students, uh, showing them any sort of mentorship and, and professionalism, and they, they flourish and that you're, you will be remembered for that kind of stuff. Yeah. You kind of leading me into my next question a little bit, but like, do you guys remember what it was like going through flight school and like seeing your name on the schedule with that certain IP and being like, Oh shit. Um, like what was it like going through it versus like what you know now? And like, how do you combine those experiences? So I already know for a fact that I'm just not that IP. <laughs> <laughs> Basically like I've had, so I, like I said, I've been doing BIs and spams and, uh, RIs. And then uh, also like uh, low levels. And, uh, you know, I think there's a little bit of uh, O4ness. So there's a little bit like, you know, shaky in the voice and, you know, maybe not having their best flight. And so most of the time I just stop on the spot and like, listen, just fly. Like, don't worry about this. Like, whatever you got going on, like, shake it out. I actually have them shake it out. And uh, they're like, like, well, let's shake it off. Oh, I'll give it to you. That's pretty close. <laughs> So, but yeah, <laughs> but yeah, have them shake it up. Be like, listen, we're here to learn. As long as you know, as long as you know, you know, course rules, and as long as you know the limits and EPs, like it's my job to try to figure out how to get you to do a steep approach to a no hover landing. Like that's the bottom line. Yeah. If I can't do that, it's more on me than it is on you at that point. I don't um, know, man. I, that I didn't always have that vibe or feel when I was going through flight school. You know. I don't think everybody feels that way. Yeah. I'm not, yeah. I'm me. <laughs> You're probably the I, preferred instructor too, <laughs> you know, yeah. being, being on the, maybe the kinder side, but the more understanding side of like, Hey, well, look, more fun to them get better. Yeah, exactly. Like yeah, that's what I enjoy. It's just like, they get better through the flight and it's like, okay, I feel like I actually taught this person. Like I hammered something into their head in this hour and a half hour, you know, two hours of flight time, as opposed to like, Oh, I actually got a student to pee themselves. Like, congratulations. I remember hearing a story once where there was an instructor who would like, uh, have their students hop out probably at one of the OLFs and do (laughs) push-ups. If they, if, you know, if they were a little bit too tense or if they're jacking up their maneuvers and like weird rumor or, you know, true statement, I don't know, but I was always kind of impressed by that. Like, eh, a little strange, but okay. Okay. I don't know. Loosen up the muscles a little bit. Uh, I suppose. I yeah, I remember going through like uh, primary, 
like BI sim, it's like five in the morning. And I just, it was the first approach. I royally jacked it up. It was like this like arcing turn to final ILS. And, uh, I, I either like blew past like the radial or I turned way too early. And I just remember the instructor being like, what are you doing right now? And you had like that immediate, like stomach flips, like blood pressure goes up and you're like, this is it. Like, this is where I get kicked out of flight school, you know? And the instructor like showed so much grace and I was so thankful because he was just like, Hey man, I paused it about eight minutes ago. Um, so we're going to jump back there, but let's just talk about what do you think happened? But, but it just gave me that moment to be like, Hey, everything's okay. You're not going to get kicked out based off of what you say in the next 30 seconds, you know? And I, I was just like, yeah, I have no idea. And he's like, all right, well, let's start walking through. And sure enough, we did. And I was able to like recognize my mistake. And I felt like I learned so much more from that experience than they're like, stop it. Or what are you stupid? How dumb are you? And obviously like they need to do a little bit of that, you know, like how do you handle stress? Um, is that stuff that's covered in the fit you or hit you that they talk about? Or is that just instructors projecting their own like image of what they think a student ought to be doing or how to learn? You know, you'd be surprised, but all the same characters are still at flight school. Uh, you know, so things, some yeah. things don't ever change, but, uh, you know, through the, the, the flight instructor training course, um, I know uh, when I went through, they made us uh, read the FAA's flight instructor handbook. And it really talks a lot about how to identify a learning style and failure training to match that learning style. And we really emphasize it once again, you know, on day three, like I said, I just got done and walked out of, a, a, you know, an hour ago, is that, you know, our our goal is not attrition. Attrition is not the mission. As much as we'd love to kick out the thousand students that are waiting for flight school, like <laughs> it's not a thing, you know, Sinatra has made it very, very clear. Uh, we still want the best of the best for the next fight. So, um, you know, we, we really try to emphasize that transmission of information and, and reception of information by the student is going to be vital for their success as well as your success. You know, students they get with the feed we have a feedback loop and they're able to leave feedback through many many surveys into stage surveys into phase surveys and they call out instructors by name yeah and there's a lot of self-policing that goes on now um and our new instructors you know get pulled into new instructor roundtables for the first like six months that they're there just to make sure that they're getting what they need and getting the feedback that they need to be able to be effective uh, instructors. So it's, it's a really professional, really well run training program, especially at Trey Wing 5. Like I can't speak too much uh, about the other ones, but uh, Trey Wing 5 really does a bang up job of, of really caring for the student from beginning to end and making sure that they get what they need. Yeah, that that's good. Uh, I was going to ask you if, uh, you think it's healthy for like a student to be able to like call it an IP by name and be like, yeah, it was, I was not happy with their method of instruction. Um, but it sounds like, well, it, they, go ahead. No, no, please finish. No, I was just going to basically kind of like, yeah, do you, do you think that's healthy? And, uh, you know, for, for a new instructor to get called in and be able to defend themselves because a student was like, oh yeah, that was terrible. You know, the best part about a student is they don't know anything. Yeah. And so we, we, 
we always give benefit of the doubt to the instructor and you can look for trends. We, we've had people come through BT6, for example, um, where by the time they're about two thirds of the way through their tour, uh, they get pulled aside and, and, and talked to by the standardization officer or by the COXO because they're getting called out regularly by students in their own on-wings too, which on-wings are like, there's this thing about an on-wing, like they are, they are, <laughs> they have an allegiance, man. If, if you're a good on-wing, they will have an allegiance. And, and if you have an on-wing that is willing to throw you under the bus, it means that you're doing something wrong. And I think it, it is healthy because it's that transparency yeah. uh, in the process that allows, that, that gives that instructor a fair opportunity to improve themselves and to be a more effective instructor for primary advance. Yeah, that's awesome. That is awesome. Um, switching gears a little bit, like what was one of your favorite flight school stories when you were going through, whether that was like a, oh crap moment in the plane or something funny that happened and then one that you've got uh, that has happened as an instructor while you guys are there? I would say my oh crap funny moment, and I'm not going to call out this person by name because I don't want them to get sad. But we, uh, I went out for my first solo in the T6. So, you know, big day, right? And the, the old 076, I'm pretty sure it was. And uh, I'm all excited, you know, I'm reading the checklist to myself out loud, just like you would. And, uh, you know, having a good time, go out, do my three landings at whatever airfield they have them do it at. And then I come back, and I'll never forget that my buddy, who was soloing that same day, right behind me, uh, and he was behind me on course rules, and then he was in the same pattern, and we did our three touch and go. Is that what they do still? Three. And so three touch and goes uh, at whatever airfield, and then he came back, and you get into the pattern, right? And you still do the break, right? You do the break, and then get into the pattern. And this guy, this choker, came nose to nose with me after I came was doing the break because he was lining up for the wrong run. Oh, no. <laughs> so I am, I am about I'm 90% complete with my you know first ever solo in this beast of an aircraft the T6 <laughs> and I am beak to beak with another solo <laughs> in the past and I and luckily he figured out he's a very smart guy um, and I hope he listens to the show I really do but uh, yeah he did a discontinued entry figured out he was all jacked up and then came back around and uh but and then I got to land without incident. But I will never forget that absolute feeling of like fear. And then you know you're in your lane. You know, you're like a piece on a conveyor belt. Yeah. Like you're doing all the right things. This is what they taught me. I did my yeah. break. Now coming around. It's always the I, other guy like, you have to worry about. Yeah. As soon as like something goes wrong, like the my brain went haywire. Like I didn't really understand what I should do or whatever. And luckily, the other, you know, my buddy figured it out and did the discontinued entry and tried again. But did y'all have um, words afterwards, dude? I well, again, I was just so happy that so that I, you know, we had a couple beers afterward and laughed about it. But uh, <laughs> you know, as one does, laugh about your near death experience. With your <laughs> Usually, it's but, part of the gr- it's part of the grieving process, you know. It, yeah. It, yeah, exactly. That's page eleven. <laughs> yeah, but uh, yeah, it's a. Uh, like I will never forget that, like that visual picture of having that T six staring down in the pattern at home field. So. Yeah, you, the funny part is, like, you probably weren't even worried about dying. You're probably just like, "Do not mess up this solo for me, man!" Like, I'm so close. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I am in, 
<laughs> I am in my lane. I'm yeah. Just what I'm Come doing. on, bro. I just and want to progress in syllabus. I wasn't like, wow, if that plane hits me, I'll, I'm dead. So, <laughs> um, but yeah. Anyway, <laughs> that's definitely. And then I let John do his favorite flight school. So. My uh, my favorite as a student was uh, definitely my aero solo. Which you know, here's a here's a fun fact: the Navy's trimming back on so much flight time and, and syllabi that. Students only get one solo in primary now. It's their contact solo, and it's, it's you can do anything. Like all the arrow, all the touching goes, everything is, is all in that first flight. So uh, this was on my arrow solo. I was in the T-34, and I just got so tired of pulling Gs uh, that I decided to get down to like 3,000 feet, pop open the canopy, because you, know, you could roll it back <laughs> and just like cruise the coastline. <laughs> I guess it's ignorance is bliss. I'm pretty sure there's as much traffic out in South Alabama over there, Baldwin County, as as there, as there is now. But it was it was just kind of like liberating, just cruising around in a plane, you know. And I I paid my own way through my private pilot license in high school, so I knew how much money I was spending doing this, and I just was relishing it. So it was just the most relaxed I've ever been. Dude, were we allowed to throw the canopy back? I don't remember that. No, of course not. Oh, okay. <laughs> well, you were saying it as if it was like a yeah, thing. Yeah, this is, this is yeah for statute of limitations. Oh, yeah, of course, of course. No, we're True good. cowboy you know, fashion. Oh, man, that's awesome. <clears throat> but with students, you know, I'll tell you, students will surprise you, and it's usually the good one that'll, that'll scare you. Um, but this one's actually not about the story about uh, – the only time I was like, oh, my gosh, like, what's happening? You know, you want to give the students benefit of the doubt. I had a uh, um, a late-stage contact. He was getting ready for his, his uh, solo check ride, and they gave him to me because they were giving him a couple extra training flights because they just couldn't figure out why the landing pattern was being such a challenge for him. And uh, so we went out, and it was just going to be a, a pattern flight. We got out there and started being a pattern. I'm like, what are you looking at? He's like, what are you talking about? <laughs> like when, you, when you're looking down the runway, he's like looking down the runway. I realized that he was looking at his, his, his PFD, right? His primary flight display throughout, throughout the entire. <laughs> oh, no. I was like, how are you landing right now? You need to be outside. And so, you know, it's amazing. When you get them to finally look outside, yeah. uh, they can land. <clears throat> but he really excelled in instruments, right? I was about to say, yeah. Oh, um, my. I'm like, I bet he was great. Yeah. It's called contact. You're supposed to be looking outside so you can contact the ground. <laughs> Dude, that zero 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 landing though for him, nope, no problem. No problem. Gosh, no I kidding. Just, I want to be a fly on the wall in the earlier flights where the guys are like, I don't know, man. He's just not getting it. Like I'm giving him his leash. I just I just don't understand. Yeah. Do we have a saying here at ATC that a a bad student will scare you, a good one will kill you. Um, just oh, 100%. Like, you know, you're like, oh, dude, this guy's crushing it. And you're, you know, over there looking at Instagram on your phone. The next yeah. thing you know, you're screaming out of the sky. Yeah, you yeah. let your guard down a little bit, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, with, uh, you know, before we uh, gave you guys a call here, um, we had a couple snails um, in the house. And um, gosh, I can't remember what the acronym stands for. I should have wrote it down. Student. Oh, I know what it is. Student. Okay. It's the Student naval aviators interested in learning stuff. There it is. Yep. 
that's the one. So uh, four of them in here, and um, and we were chatting, and they were kind of giving us a rundown on you know flight school and how it's going, and you know how the the pipeline takes just a little bit longer than it used to. Um, but as two uh, experienced instructors, what kind of advice do you guys have for them moving forward, and uh, perhaps any um, candidate that might enter the pipeline in the near future? Well, first, I'd say that we've done a really good job through uh, partnering with OPM, being able to get people to flight school with only a few months, if that, before they start the NICE process, which NICE is now a combination of API and IFS. They only get like nine and a half hours. They have a check ride. And all the failures between API and, and the IFS, so the flying and the academic count towards their count failure for flight school. So, very exciting time. Is, anyway, it, is it still three um, failures and then you're you're out of the program? It's three failures and then it's an in, uh, initial progress check. So they have initial okay. progress checks and um, commanding officer progress checks. And those are the big ones where they end up sending them up to the, the head shed. But as far as, you know, they're not going to have as much time off uh, as their Navy counterparts who are showing up and have seven to 11 months before they start knife. So, you know, make the most of the time. Um, read ahead anything they can, stay in shape, uh, make it through that process and, and, you know, just stay occupied because, you know, boredom, uh, one of the things we're finding with a lot of the Navy and Marine Corps students who are sitting too long is that uh, an idle mind is the, the playground of the devil. And they're just, they're playing too many video games. They're, they're not, <laughs> they're, they're drinking too much, you know, like all the, all the vices instead of staying healthy and, and volunteering or reading ahead or whatever. So there's always a way to stay one step ahead. Like all the publications are available online, except for the NATOPS. You know, all the all the videos are on in, on YouTube for you know being able to chair fly maneuvers and look at courses and all that stuff. And once again, us coasties, especially like you know, reach out to to Cigolo and have them reach out to one of us, and we will get you hooked up with more information than you ever thought you wanted to know before you classed up, uh, so that. So that you can feel prepared for it, um, but take take the time, enjoy it, enjoy Pensacola. It's a great town. The beaches are great, uh, and it it can be a really very positive experience. Flight school is not meant to be fun, especially primary. Primary is kind of a grind, um, but it's a, it's a great rite of passage, and I think a very uh, vital thing to to join us as Goldwing aviators in the Coast Guard. Yeah, for sure. Solid advice. Um, I think I think folks are probably doing that and enjoying their time. Like you said, Pensacola has been a growing city, so um, no, sh- you know, shortage of things to do. But yeah, thank you. Very solid advice, Matt. You got anything? As as, I would say uh, it's like you know, it's kind of an older bit of advice, but just eat the frog first is my advice. And if you don't know what that piece of advice means, it means do the thing that you really don't want to do. do. That's the first thing you do because then everything after that just gets so much easier. So I'd say, you know, say you, you know, it's Thursday or what a Friday. And it's like, you know, all your buddies are trying to go out to Seville quarter and do the Lord knows what down there. <laughs> and, uh, and it's like, what if, what if instead of playing that, those video games or whatever, you just like, went through your briefing items for Monday for the first time, like that Friday night and just like got like your foot in the door in that way. And then, you know, when you relook at them, then, you know, 
on Sunday night, it's not such a big like drag. Like just get a little bit ahead and then and use a little bit of common sense. So if you can see what you really everybody knows what they really don't want to do. And just do it first. And then guess what? It's gone. And now you're on to the next thing. Which and, and eventually you get down to and the most pressing thing is which beer am I gonna get? And <laughs> you know, at the piano bar that yeah. other bar. Go to Odd Colony, buddy. Go into Odd, Odd Colony. Odd Colony is great. We didn't talk about Odd Colony. I love that place. I haven't been to that place know. yet. They're on the corner from Perfect. Listen, Odd Colony has an open fermenter, like <laughs> an open air fermenter in a room, and the loggers that come out of it are the most complex, amazing thing you've ever put to your lips. Oh, I also wow. like <laughs> I also like beer. <laughs> <laughs> uh, one thing we haven't touched on is cross countries. Like, you guys still doing cross countries out there? Uh, yes. So, one of the amazing things about the T6 is that it can go up to like, you know, 27,000. You know, higher than 27,000, but the whole RVSM, blah, blah, blah. You guys know all about that, I'm sure. I mean, but, you have to um, call it flight levels above a certain point, right? What is that? Like above yeah, 2,000, you're in flight levels? Yeah, yeah. You know, trust me when I say I've, I've had my students berated by uh, Jack Center for calling it. One eight thousand, you know. <laughs> if, you, if you can't call it a flight level, you probably don't belong here. Is what they said. <laughs> so, no, cross countries are great. They um, they kind of ebb and flow as far as funding goes, as far as restrictions go. Hey, yeah. there's not a lot of aircraft you need to stay within a certain radius. So we've got aircraft galore, but no money. Uh, sorry, there's no cross countries in. But right now, it's like wide open. So, um, I know personally, my wife. Uh, I got so Kenny since I, I seen you, dude. I got I got four kids. I'm not. I'm not quite as, as a prolific a breeder as like, you know, Jeff Palmer or any of those guys. <laughs> I'm working on it, you know. But uh, so, so I got four kids and my wife is a saint and she uh, she and I came to an agreement that once a quarter and anytime I've got an on wing, I can take them cross country. Okay. And, and it is just, it is a, it's a lot of work. Yeah. It's but I mean, you guys can like make it to Boston in a sortie, right? No, not in one. That's that's, that's a three leg day because you got to do you got to train on the way, right? You got to do you got to do a point to point holding and three approaches on every sortie. So the comfortable leg is three hundred miles, and then you have enough gas to get it done. But you're still okay. flying like a two one two point two on that leg. Okay. Um, Milwaukee, great town, uh, great beer, um, great cross country location. Uh, Key West in the wintertime, can't beat it. They uh, they'll actually hold rooms at the uh, Navy Gateway in the Suites for flight school uh, guys on on orders. So always a great always a great stop. Um, heading out west, uh, Waco, Texas. Uh, throw out for uh, I got an uncle who owns uh, a brewery out there called Brotherwell. If you're ever through Waco, go to Brotherwell Brewery. Delicious. Um, one of, a, one of the guys know. doing a cross country getting a sixty five out to Ahars, I think stopped in Waco and said it was awesome. But yeah, then tell him tell him next time go to Brotherwell Brewery. Okay. Uh, tell them they know Crash. Okay. Or give me a call. <laughs> okay. Great. Shout out to Chip and Joanna Gaines. Oh, man. Got to, you got to go. You, you got to go, go see to the Bangor. silo, too, right? <laughs> you got to go to the silo. <laughs> <laughs> I'm kidding. <laughs> I know. Yeah, I just got through there with uh, my IUT, uh, Eric Price of the United States Coast Guard. Uh, it was magical. I think we maybe shared an ice cream cup anyway. <laughs> 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 So one of the things that I have found in my, my old stage age as a most likely terminal 04 is that everybody's playing their own game. You know, I know the Coast Guard really wants, 
you know, Matt here to be the, the next commandant, which, by the way, he has to have at least 10 years of, I think it's like fisheries or something. Yeah, in order to be like, have, um, yeah, you can't have some within 25 miles of Pensacola. No, no. <laughs> but, but we're all playing our own game. So, so you know, I know some people that I, I highly respect on the outside who did end up purposely, you know, sabotaging their career, you know, and are happy and doing whatever they're doing. Um, so, so as much fun as it is to, to critique and sit back and be like, Oh, everybody should be the CEO of ATC mobile. Like, frankly, there's a lot of people who should not like never be the next future CEO of ATC mobile. So you just gotta, you, I, it's hard to see as an O one and O two and O three, you know, but as an O four, you start peeking behind the curtain and I've, I've never been more happy just like being very, I'm very fulfilled in my career and more than anything, like, Dude, I've got a family. I've got a big family too. I got a minivan, and it's almost full. <laughs> and How many and six, and I've got four. How many got? Four of them. Well, okay, I guess, no, I got I got eight seats total. Sorry. Eight oh, okay. Yeah. If you pull down the back. Yeah, yeah. They got the middle seats. Nobody actually wants to sit in the middle seats. I don't <laughs> care what they say, but um, you know, it's it's all about getting to the, the finish line and having those that you love and having those that you care with. You know about. Uh, still be in there with you if you can. You know, it's it, life throws all kinds of curveballs, and everybody's life is complicated. But um, you know, the best piece of advice I ever got was from a captain when I was sitting in the ATC Mobile wardroom as an op uh the redhead, you know, stepchild of, of ATC, as we all know. No offense to redhead. Uh, yeah, I take offense. No to offense to redhead. No offense taken. Sorry, sorry. Um, and and he said, you know, uh, before you you put in your resume, before you say yes to a set of orders that came up and they call you about them uh call your home con right call your call your call your person that that is going to be with you through this journey and and just make sure that they understand what's happening and maybe you have to make a spell maybe you don't but uh in the end the coast guard is going to go on the coast guard is a great organization it does has a noble mission it will never die because the coast guard is fantastic piece of americana um but you will eventually move on uh and and take those that you love with you so yeah yeah man that that that's so true and that uh um really rings true for for me and i'm sure a lot of other people of man you only get one one family right and you know if if i drop dead right now from drinking too many double ipas that like (laughs) the coast guard would replace me instantly right like within five minutes someone would take my job and, um, that's not the case at home, right? No one can replace, um, the dad, John Hofius. Um, so yeah, it, it's, uh, it's really true. But I think what got us on this conversation when we were doing our beer break, um, was a rumor that you had filled out your OER the exact same so many times that OPM actually called you out on it. <laughs> Is that yeah, so so <laughs> I like to so I like to commit to an idea, right? And uh, after making enough jokes about helo pilots and about how you know as a fixing pilot I hit the glass ceiling, so to say, uh, it was it was it was. I mean, put yourself in my shoes, right? You're you're three years from being a free agent. You're you know you're not going to continue in the organization. You've made that mental commitment. And the OER is everyone's literal favorite 
document. I know it's important. I know it does great things. I know it, it, it pushes the right people up. Uh, but I was, but I was toast. I was done. So yeah, uh, the Navy doesn't know what an OER looks like. And so I just copy paste, maybe change a couple numbers. I've got plenty of people a flight school who will uh, absolutely verify it. Uh, Nick Blasse, for example, <laughs> says to me, he says, hey, man, um, can I get a copy of your OER? And he sent it to him, and he goes, hey, what about the other ones? And I was like, uh, I guess. <laughs> yeah, don't bother. They're all the same. Yeah. <laughs> I guess. <laughs> you know, but when I get the call, when I get the call from Siglo saying, hey, man, you didn't make 04, or, you know, 05, excuse me, uh, not surprised. You you make your bed. You got to live in it. It's yeah. just the way it is. Eyes wide open. Eyes wide open. Bro, no yeah. rag rest. Not one letter. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. So, yeah, before before we got Uncle Hofius talking about life uh, advice there, I think we, Matt was telling us about how they didn't trust him to fly cross countries yet. <laughs> oh, <yeah>. Is that? <laughs> yeah, that's accurate. Okay. All right. Cool. So, you said eventually you'll be able to do cross countries? Yeah. So, there's. You know, I try. You don't get insulted. Is the basic is the basic theme of you know coming into the Navy, and you know they don't know what you have done and all that stuff. And for example, like I'm not allowed to fly with students at night. Okay. So huh. I have spent quite a bit of my career flying at night. No kidding. In the dark, in the very very dark of offshore. Which and again, like, but when they say, "Hey, you can't fly at night," I'm kind of like. Like, yeah, I was about to say, like, cool, dude, that sounds not so bad yeah, at like, all. Like, I'm Dave EMC so only. <laughs> yeah, there's personalities and whatever that would hear that and be like, well, oh, well, I've been in you know, 18 star cases <laughs> off the coast of wherever. But I'm, you know, I, I hear that. I say, amazing. I like flying. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you're you're just being um, pulled into the same group of folks that you showed up with who are probably, what, um, maybe second tour um, Navy yeah. Marine pilots who don't have a whole yeah. lot of time who need to learn to instruct. The instructors that show up, at least on the HD side, are, you know, they're, they're second tour. So just think of them as second tour aviators, yeah. very low hour. Um, yeah. So, yeah, exactly. So uh, once they're like, hey, yeah, you need a special call to do NVGs, and I just chuckle. I'm like, okay, I don't know if I'm going to get it. Um, so, uh, yeah. Like I said, I don't get insulted when they're like, yeah, you can't go on cross countries. Yeah, you need X, Y, Z to do cross country. I'm like, that's fine. I, I, that's okay. I'll, I'll follow your rules. And I'll make sure I check the boxes for the things I want to do. And the things that I don't want to do, those boxes are going to be unchecked. Because why would, you know, at this point, there's no point to do stuff you don't want to do. For sure. All right. So the time yeah. comes and the CO goes, Matt Kolb, we're ready to unleash you. Have fun. Have a great cross country. Where you're, where are you telling your student to uh, pre-flight or um, uh, flight plan for? The hero world is changing a little bit with the 73 and in the range uh, category. So, like, you know, a lot of cross countries, and I definitely at some point I'm going to do a cross country to Savannah, having come from there. That place is totally an eight-hour flight for you guys. Yeah, it takes you know three or four days. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, but the whole, you know, yeah. anyway, <laughs> so, but at least, you know, you can use good CRM the whole time. The whole time. <laughs> uh, yeah, so it takes a little bit to get there, but in the 73, you know, it won't take as long. Those, that thing is, uh, you know, it's first limited D&E, from what I've heard. So, you know. Wow. Um, 
So, you know, pull the guts out of it and see how fast she goes. Kind of thing. I don't even know so, what that means. Do you know what that means, Kenny? Yeah, you start a five pilot, Nick. Uh, yeah, when I show up, everybody's like, man, you got to make sure you're looking at the torque because the student will over torque. I'm like, dude, I haven't stopped looking at torque. I think I understand that concept by now. I got years of looking at the torque. Like, I've never done anything else. It's in my scan. I yep. have never, I have seen a single bit of the intercoastal waterway of Savannah because I was looking at the torque. Yeah. <laughs> Straight and level looking dude, at the torque. Dude, I don't, I don't move my right I'm foot or my left hand without knowing where torque is. Oh, that's great. I don't know if the students are going to be able to use the collective lawn in a minute. <laughs> but anyway, but yeah, so I think the range is a little bit increased. We have to kind of feel out where we're going to be able to get to uh, in that way. But yeah, a lot, a bunch of, I think there were seven 57s that went, no, actually the 73 had its first cross country this past weekend. Um, oh, they went wow. to, they went to St. Pete. Yeah. Yeah. It was the first ever 73 cross country. I feel like that's and a good cross country location. Yeah, I was talking to uh, one of the students that was on the cross country. They're like, yeah, that 73 got home three hours before us. So, you know, that's kind of the, that's the benefit of the new aircraft. So. Just cruising. I'm excited. I'm excited to do it, but not yet. Bad and an autopilot, right? They got an autopilot. They cruise at like 120. I just, you know, I'm just trying to figure out the 57, and then I'll refigure out the next one. I saw a 57 on my drive here. It looked like it was not going. Was it Was it on, was it on the truck bed next to you? <laughs> <laughs> it was flying this on this orange platform for some reason. It, was, it, it was looked flying. really high here. <laughs> you, you mean? <laughs> we got to give them a break. They've been flying since the 60s, so, yeah, they're a little tired. <laughs> Uh, hey guys, it's been a lot of fun, uh, chatting with you guys about aviation and, and flight school in, in general. And, um, we always like to end our podcast with a piece of advice that you guys have either heard or you believe in and just give it a chance to tell people whether it's, uh, a young Matt or a young John Hofius sitting in someone's shoes, sitting in flight school or someone in, um, right now of like, man, I wish I had known that. So what do you guys got for us? I'll go first. I, uh, so my biggest thing, I don't remember if somebody told me this or whatever, if I just eventually accepted it, but, um, it's, it's very, you know, tactile and pilotage based, but it's just make it look like you want it to look. So the first time I really thought about that is when, like, I was doing some aircraft commander hoisting up in, uh, off the casinos and, it's just like, you know, you get to a hoist and you're like, this just doesn't feel good. I don't, it's not the way I want it to be. And for a long time, I would, you know, I would just kind of let it go and just have kind of a bad flight. And be like, well, that was terrible. When in reality, I could have just said, hey, do you mind if the small boat turns the heading, whatever, and like all of a sudden everything levels out? And uh, I think that can apply basically to in the fleet. Like if you're doing a hoist or whatever and it's not feeling good, the you know, little hairs on the back of your neck are standing up. It's like, figure out what you can change about what you're looking at to make it look the way you want it to look. Yeah, dude, I, I love that. I talk about that stuff all the time, you know, like, dude, if it doesn't look right and feel right, it's probably yeah. not right. And yeah. like, fix yeah. it. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I say the same thing to the kids of flight school. It's like, you know, we'll be, you know, set up for a normal approach. And we'll be halfway down the glide slope and we'll already be like 40 feet past the thing. I'll be like, does this look like we want it to look? It's and they're like, like, absolutely they're like no, I'm super look. high. And you're like, oh, yeah, exactly. so you do know <laughs> that. That's good. <laughs> yeah. It's like, and that's the thing is that 
100%, I'm not even saying 95% of the time, 100% of the time, the student understands the mistake that's being made and just isn't doing anything about it. Yeah. So it's like, so it's like, okay, you said you're high in a helicopter. How do we go lower? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's the, it's the lever next to your left. Okay. So <laughs> exactly. it's like, okay. And then it's like, wow. It, 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 for some reason that, you know, you have to reiterate that throughout somebody's career because, you know, it's like, oh, I can make a landing look like I want it to look, but can I make, you know, my hoisting or can I make whatever star case? Or, like, how can I adjust the situation to like fit exactly what I want? And again, sometimes it's too, you know, you're in a tough situation and you just are in a tough situation, but you can always alter or something that will make it just make it more copacetic with your yeah. comfort. Level. Sound advice. You can apply that to anything. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So my advice, uh, is going to be very, cause I, I feel like I've already preached about the family. Um, so I'm going to give advice that I received about, uh, uh, career progression. And, and, and I know it's going to make somebody, somebody's hair is going to just cringe when they hear it, but it <laughs> basically is, uh, put in for jobs you actually want because you just might get it. You yeah. know, um, I remember talking to, uh, my ex in Miami at the time. And, uh, he said, you know, it, it's funny. Like all these guys like go to this office, go to this office. Like I promoted out of it. Like things are great. Like do this staff tour, do this flight tour, whatever. Um, and they were always excited about it. But like, if you're not excited about it, you're not going to show up and be able to give the same amount of enthusiasm, the same amount of yourself to that job. So, you know, maybe, maybe for those guys out there who are worried about coming to flight school and are like, Oh man, it's such a career killer. You know, I'm just, I'm never going to make 04. I'm never going to make 05. Like, guess what? You show up, you do your job because it's something you thought you wanted to do and you crush it. Your OER will reflect it. And as long as you're not like one of us guys who's like just extended a little too long here, uh, you know, you can go back and do great things in the fleet and promote on schedule. This is not a career killer. And if you wanted to come to flight school, like just, just do it. You know, and and do whatever job you want in the cooker, and do it with great gusto, and and get noticed from it, because that's what is going to make you a better leader, and a better coastie. You know. Yeah, that's awesome, and it kind of really brings this whole discussion full circle. Because there are a lot of people out there like, man, I would love to go to Pensacola, but it's a career killer. Um, and it sounds like that's not necessarily true. And like you're saying, if you're passionate about it, you're going to show up. You're going to crush it. You're going to take on, you know, that uh, collateral that maybe no one else wants. But you're like, dude, I would love to do that. And you're like, great, because none of us do. So here here you go. Um, and it'll pay off when you do hard work. Exactly. Exactly. You know, it's, it's a choose your own adventure here. You know, if you want to be the guy who's fading into the sunset, you can do that. But if you want to be the guy who stays competitive, they're going to be completely supportive of it. For sure. And it's, it's a really great opportunity. Um, I think that the premium time to hit it is second tour, in all honesty. Um, but third tour is not out of the question. Just don't stay longer than three years. <laughs> Unless you want to. Unless you want to. And there then, like, is. thank you. Yeah. Party on. on. Unless you want to. And you Party on, yeah. <laughs> Is it a three-year orders, I'm assuming? We didn't ask that. It is. It yep. is. Okay. It is. Okay, cool. That's awesome because there's probably 
a lot of second tour folks that could be getting slated for some of these jobs over in Pensacola. And to hear that, like, hey, look, if, if I want to have some career progression and continue on and and have a successful uh, Coast Guard career and promote and all that stuff, like those opportunities exist, right? But if you're second tour and you are fixing to maybe get out because your obligated service is almost up or um, maybe you're coming soon to, uh, you know, 20 years in service, uh, you also have the opportunity to maybe like cruise through, get those two X's each day and, um, you know, sail off in the sunset. So that's uh, good to hear. And I think for some of the listeners that uh, might, you know, either uh, have orders cut for Pensacola or have an idea that they maybe want to um, serve in Pensacola. That's, that's all good stuff. Absolutely. Cool. Um, hold on. I'm looking up, I'm supposed to be in Pensacola for a CRM instructor course in like May timeframe. So put it on your calendar, dude. We're hanging out. If I get uh, orders to stay here, I'm slated for an April course. Like how am I getting into a course before you? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. I don't know either. Insider. Yeah, I'll tell you too, like this place, you want to go to Navy safety school? Do they send people from flight school like every every month? They're like, oh yeah, no, we got like 10 spots. Uh, anybody else want to go to safety school? <laughs> really? You know? oh, oh my God, oh, yeah. it's nuts. Yeah. Dude, we got someone there right now, I think. Alex it's, Johns. It's, yeah, Alex Johns there right now. It's really great because like it's just a land of opportunity. So, no, I really appreciate you guys getting the, the message out about what goes on here. I know that um, Siglo would appreciate it, too. Uh, you know, our deputy currently, uh, Art Mayhar, is a, uh, a prior detailer, and he would, he would reiterate probably a lot of the stuff we talked about where, you know, it's, it's not a career killer, but you got to do it right. And, you know, choose your own adventure. Yeah. Yeah. Well, awesome, guys. Thank you very much. Well, we appreciate being here. It's fun time. Yeah, awesome. it's great. Yeah, we'll see you guys. Appreciate it. Take care, gents. Yeah, thanks, man. We say-